She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast, the grief season. Um, I hope you all had a lovely Christmas um, and are getting ready to see the year out um, in your own magical way. I had a lovely Christmas and I wanted to say thank you to every single person that took their time to message me. It really means the world that people actually care enough to take their time and message you. Um, We ended up having a really beautiful Christmas actually and we weren't sure how it was going to go and I think because we didn't place expectations or pressure on ourselves and because we have been really feeling into our grief when it comes rather than suppress it, um, it just allowed, allowed us to have a really nice Christmas and we lit a candle for my mum and we talked about our her and we had fun and laughter and yeah, there was sadness of course but there was mostly joy and that's the truth. I could sit here and tell you that we were in a deep depression and we weren't, you know, we honoured her and we honoured the family and ourselves most importantly so it was lovely. Um and I'm excited to move into New Year, like this period in between Christmas and New Year, I have been feeling into, you know, what habits I want to create moving into the New Year, who I need to be, who I am, what my mission is, and I feel excited. I really feel excited about 2023. I have the feeling deep within me that it's going to be an amazing year, and of course it'll come with challenges because that's how we grow. That's how we grow, right? It's not to be challenge-free, but I am excited and um, doors open on the 2nd of January, so just a few days time for enrolment to join my new coaching programme that's called Home Um, and I will work with a group of people and really work with them and their own healing journey and working through everything that is holding them back. We will deep dive, we will do healing, we will work on every single part of you, every layer of your being and then we will manifest from a place of passion, purpose, truth, authenticity, integrity Um, and it will come with ease because we shouldn't really be in the struggle when we're manifesting. If we are in the struggle, we're doing it wrong. Um, So I'm excited. So I'm going to drop the link in the show notes. So if you do want to be part of that or you are interested, drop your details in the link in the show notes and I will be in touch with you on or around the 2nd of January. and with a view to start that programme in February. So um, let me tell you about my guest today. Oh my goodness, where do I even begin to tell you about this incredible human being who is not only someone who has worked with me over the past, actually just under a year, um, she has actually become someone who you know, I'd, I'd class as a friend and um, someone who I really admire. Um my guest today is an incredible grief support coach called Anne Merrilies. Now, Anne was talking about grief before I was really talking about grief. And so it was a no-brainer to have her on this podcast. Anne and I connected before, about a year ago. And then we met officially at the retreat that Lynette and I were running um, this year in March. Um, Anne was a guest there. And then Anne joined my Empowered Women programme. 
Um, and then she's joined my 12-month mastery and she is an asset <laughs> and an absolute incredible human being. And her mission in this world is phenomenal. And um, you're going to hear more from her today. But this episode and really opens up. We talk about the death of her niece and nephew um, and her niece Sophie who died in a shooting accident and, and David, her nephew, um, to a quad bike accident. And we talk about life after death. We talk about spirit and our connection to spirit. We talk about the guilt that we carry of being alive, um, unworthiness, healing trauma and so much more. This is a stunning, honest and heartfelt episode. Please don't keep this to yourself. Share it with someone who may need it in their life right now. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it across your social media platforms. Reach out, let us know if you enjoyed this episode. Reach out to Anne. Um, I've dropped her details in the show notes as well so you can connect with her on Instagram. She's amazing. Enjoy this episode and have a beautiful rest of your year. I'll see you in 2023. She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie. Welcome to She Loves Herself, Navigating Grief Season, Anne Menelies. Good morning. Hello. So honoured to be here, Jill, honestly. Oh, I'm just really happy that you're here. So for anyone watching or listening, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Anne and I together. Um, but if you're just listening, Anne Merrilies is just such an incredible human being. We connected, well, actually we didn't properly meet face to face until March um, when I was running a retreat with Lynette and then I got to see you face to face. But um, we'd spoken on the phone and we knew of each other for a, a while before that. Um, and yeah, it's... Yeah, we've, we've done some work together and we just connected and it's just so lovely to have you on here because I've got to know you pretty well um, over this kind of last year almost, I would say. And yeah. when I shared with Anne, because Anne and I still do some work together, when I shared with Anne what I was doing with this podcast, Anne had shared with me before that in summer, sort of summertime, Anne, you'd shared with me um, that you had this desire to support people in grief and I said to you do you remember I said to you I'll probably be your first client <laughs> <laughs> do you remember because I was obviously going through quite a lot with my mum at the time yeah. and I knew that her death was imminent I didn't know it was going to be like within weeks or months but I knew that that was the trajectory for her and um what you shared we were on a, a call together and we were in a group call with with a beautiful community that we're in and you shared something um with the group and I'll never forget it Anne and it it really moved me like moved me to tears and it moved everyone in that group and it was in Empowered Women that you shared it and I honestly had goosebumps and after that, I think I messaged you and I was like wow you just spoke from your heart about your your passion to support people in the grief space and you shared with us what you've been through with grief. There was like, you could literally, everyone listening to this, when Anne shared it, you could hear a, like a pin drop. Everyone just went, 
you took us with you on that journey when you spoke from your heart that way and and I said when I when my mum did pass and I decided to put this grief season together to support people you were talking my list you were like I need to get it on because we can speak to experts and grief and all of this stuff and but the way you spoke it touched me and I know that you know when people listen to you um, they're going to feel the same and I know that you're going to go on to help so many people in this space so thank you for coming on you're so welcome there's your intro she's like oh thanks <laughs> no pressure huh? no, no pressure <laughs> right that's it podcast episode finished well done thanks <laughs> You need to put your parent advisory uh, on as well. <laughs> oh, I know, but that's okay. You know, there's some like words, and actually, you might hear the dog barking because whenever someone walks by or a cat, it goes absolutely wild. But everyone that listens to this podcast, you know, will sometimes hear sweetie words and dogs barking, and it's all welcome because it's real life. Exactly. So, Anne, 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 thank you again for being here. I want to talk about grief, right? Because that's why we're here. Um, for the listeners and the people watching, tell us about your journey with grief. Goodness. Um, I guess 2011, it really started. I'd lost grandparents and things as I, as I was growing up. So there was that element of losing grandfathers, grandmas, things like that. And that was sort of the, the ebb and flow of life, right? It was just, that's that's what happened um, when people got older and stuff. Um, but 2011 was where um, the, the real grief started, I guess, um, that I lost my 16-year-old niece in a shooting accident. Um, so that kind of... I mean, the, the the trauma that ensued after that. There was there was so much that went on around that time. There was press. There was people like wanting to blow up this big story. It was all over the newspapers. You know, you picked up the newspaper and there was our face. It was just like this this huge thing outside of our family. And then there was like you know the the real life stuff that you were that you were going through and accepting the the loss of such a young young person you know and through like horrific circumstances as well you know um and yeah so uh, but at that time I was um single I was um sharing a house with somebody that I didn't know very well so like I had my time around my family it's kind of just a, a mm -hmm. kind of story of it um so I had my time with my family but then when I wasn't with my family I just lived life as normal. I took a little bit of time off work um, and then thought I had to get back to normal as quickly as possible. Mm. That's what that's what was gonna that's what was gonna get me through and you know things like that. So still like out with friends, went away every weekend, like, you know, just and I think like eleven years ago, like I definitely not done any work on myself. Um, any personal development at all so I was just kind of coping with the tools I didn't have even mm -hmm. you know I'd never navigated no none of us had ever navigated something like that before so big huge right like yeah. massive and also there was an element of 
supporting her friends like some of like I knew a few of her really good friends and it's like you know there was trolls online about it and things like that so it was like supporting her friends when all of this kicked off online you know like trying to keep them in their path and not look at that and things like that so it was just like you, you just don't have the tools to to deal with that so you just you just roll with it um and you know and time moves and it's it's something that I think everybody will say it's like as much as you pray and hope time will not stop for you like it will not stop there's days where you're just like just stop. like just for even 10 minutes to let me catch up you know and it's like life just goes on life moves that your people your friends every, everything moves and shifts around you and you just get caught up on that well, let's get back to normal things so that's kind of like that's kind of what we did and you know just supported my brother and my sister-in-law and my nephew who was a couple of years um older than Sophie you know so it was just like making sure that you were you were around and and things like that and then uh in 2020 so like nine years later I then got the phone call from my brother to say that we had lost my nephew in an accident at work so same family brother and sister um you know lost nine years apart and like I can't, I can't even two two years on. I like I find it harder to describe that moment than I would have done like three days after it happened. Like it, yeah. it just doesn't explode. It implodes. Like your world, your world just collapses because there's there's one big lie that you get told your whole life that lightning doesn't strike twice. Mm. And we kind of carried on healed to an extent and life moved on and I saw like David and Katie my brother and sister-in-law like starting to move into their life starting to enjoy themselves a little more and David my nephew had met somebody that had a baby they were due to get married life was really good and I was comfortable in the fact that 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 was all going to happen like you know nothing was going to happen to him because it's like already it happened. happened and the yeah. worst thing right how, how could it how could how could it, as parents to parents yeah. lose their both their children yeah, yeah. you know and uh, and just yeah utter that like there's only one word I ever use for it and it's utter devastation like that ensues after that but you know there's 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 light and there's laughter and there's inspiration and everything that gets pulled out of that time as well and quickly you know it's like within that horrific situation and we had we had his little boy who was just coming up to a year old at the time who was just like the light of life you know he's Mm. so clever and funny and he was just like this just this loving beautiful little boy and thank god for him you know thank thank everything for for him so there was a there was a lot of light there in it because he brought it like you know um and we kind of concentrated on him and things like that but yeah obviously the devastation is real but there's there's yeah there's a lot a lot more that comes out of it than for sure oh wow i mean just even like peeling that back to 
lose a you know a child in a in a, a shooting accident and then nine years later lose your other child in another accident. Yeah. You know, at some point, right, we we do say what the fuck is going on? What what the fuck did I do? What did I do in a past life to deserve yeah. that shit? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Did that ever go through like your mind? You know, obviously, and I don't know with your brother and his his journey is personal to him. But for your journey, Anne, did anything like that ever cross your mind? I, I, hugely. Um, it's funny the the what the fuck. Like I I remember after taking the call, that's all I could say. Like I wandered round the house gathering stuff to go. I didn't know where at the time. Um, and it was like it was all I could say was what the because what else can you say like mm. you're just but you're calling like something somebody to explain for something mm. to mm. land on you and go this is why this happened yeah yeah, yeah. Again, you know what's and, the answers what's the answers you know yeah and yeah and you know I'm I'm very much of the and I have evidence of it all around me mm. what you think about you bring about what you think about most of the time will appear in your life so there was this whap on me like what what have you created like how how what has been going on in his universe that has brought this around and it wasn't till I spoke to my business mentor at the time actually she's like Anne like you've got to let that go because accidents happen like shit happens Mm -hmm. this wasn't and also that's not my journey that was David my nephew's journey Mm -hmm. totally separate but I absolutely went there Mm -hmm. and tore myself apart yeah like going how who also if it's not me who was who was yeah we want an answer we need it's like the the mind goes but I need that explained to me. I need someone to explain it. I need to have a reason. My sister used to always say that to me, Joe, you always need a reason for something. You know, sometimes there's just not. But I used to always be like, no, I need to know the reason for that. And to be honest, I can still fall into that, Anne. Yeah. And even in the, now I'm more sort of spiritual, I will go, right, what's the spiritual reason for this? And actually, I I, I like to have that. Things are clear when I understand. And so it's different, very different for me. And I think it is for you, and I'm going to ask you about it. It's different for me now in the sense that when you mentioned um, that was his journey, mm-hmm. it wasn't yours. And this might feel weird for people to hear, but Anna and I have had these conversations before. And, you know, anyone that listens to the podcast, I do sort of go quite spiritual at points. But when it comes to death, I've really learned a lot. Um, and we often think what did I do to deserve this and it is really important to understand and I believe and again it's not for everyone but please have an open mind and heart when you're listening to these episodes and I do feel like you know soul contracts are made before they enter the human or they pick the human who they're going to go to and and that's going to be their home for however long I do believe soul contracts are made um, that doesn't make it easier to go, oh, well, a soul contract was made. Oh, I'll just accept that then, you know. Um, I don't know why some deaths are, you know, people fall asleep and it's, you know, they get to 90 and they fall asleep and they pass away and it's very beautiful and expected. 
or why certain people have horrific, horrific experiences and deaths. I don't know the answers to that. Um, but I think where we are in our heads a lot and we're trying to get answers, it really does keep us stuck. It really keeps us stuck in the space of our need to have an answer, our need to get to the guts of stuff that's never going to bring them back. What's your experience or thoughts around that, Anne? Um, quite similar. Like the, the soul contract, I think that's not words that I would use, but I remember um, sometime after uh, Sophie passed, and I remember thinking at the at the time, and one of, one of her friends said something really interesting as well. We're going to try and like get this in a thread that actually makes sense. <laughs> um, like just shortly for for my for my own thoughts, just shortly after Soph passed, so very much in the thick of it. I remember thinking, I could never imagine Sophie as an adult. So although she was like going through her, through her exams um, and she wanted to go into social work, she had um, worked with children on a placement and she was a massive advocate of the underdog. Like she was, she was, she would have been incredible in that role and worked herself to the bone. But like, you know, that that's easy for me to say now, but it's like at the time, I remember thinking I could never ever imagine Sophie beyond where she was. Like I could never, could never see her in the future, and I and I remember like being conscious of that, like before, before. You couldn't visualize it. <clears throat> I, I couldn't, I couldn't see her there, and and I think that maybe that soul contract that you speak about is like is is like a thing, and it is something that not exudes from them but is like is present in them because and the only reason I'm saying that and again please your listeners keep an open mind and mm, it's help, a good experience right help me if my brother You're ever listens to oh I know don't I say stuff and I think you know sometimes um, my family yes. are like what are you on about <laughs> she had been down to see one of her friends with her mum her mum and her friends mum with friends and her and Alex started laughing about something that they didn't know why they were laughing. Mm -hmm. They just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and they just couldn't stop. And it was just this weird thing. And like, Alex was like, I, I, I don't know why we were laughing. We just did, you know? And it was like, and then when we lost her, she was like, that's why. That was the last time I was going to see her. That that came about, and I remember the Christmas. So this happened in April, and the Christmas before she died, I got this door hang that said, um, "Always my auntie, forever my friend." Now, that would have at that point, I'd be just been like, "Oh, that's really nice," but it hit me like it proper, like landed in me, and I remember wow. just like squeezing her, like, Ugh! like. Ugh! squeezing her like that was beautiful and it still hangs whatever I live <laughs> move around whatever I live it hangs and um yeah and it's just like these these things there was others as well that it's like it was almost like we were coming to her yeah. time and unfortunately somebody else took her time like 
it wasn't under her control and it was an accident and all the rest of it but it was like that that was that was her time that was her time oh my goodness I really feel the emotions from that what you just shared it's and thank you for sharing because I think sometimes when we reflect it's like of course she didn't know but there was some there was just something that that these things come in yeah. because we get so caught up right as human beings in the human form and I get it because we're human right mm-hmm. so we do but we never really often not we that's a generalization but so many of us don't think that there is something else out with the human form you know we don't we just get caught up in our day-to-day and you know we don't really open our eyes beyond the physical mm-hmm. and there is so much more I truly believe there is so much more and if we open our hearts and minds to spirit to energy well you know we're seeing now it's not even like you know five years ago when I started on my journey and I didn't know anyone doing what I was doing I didn't until I sort of met Lynette and then I met another Ali and other people that opened me up and to this different way of being rather than just this human way of being and now I really feel that even though you know for me when I'm, I miss my mum and because I, there's not a day that I have not cried even yesterday I heard a song that was me gone day before read something out cried again and it doesn't leave you, but I I truly feel comforted that I've opened my heart and mind and spirit to more than just the human form and believing that actually the soul, the spirit, you know, it, it never really dies. And actually, I, I, I just feel like if we can open up to that more, there is more comfort in that for so many people, if we allow it to be. Yeah. I think so too. Um, and I think I've always been, I've always been in a way spiritual, I think. I would never have labelled myself that, um, you know, if, when I was a lot younger. But I've always believed that there was something else and very open to things happening. Like I never, yeah. yeah I I don't believe in coincidences and like, oh, how did, how did that just happen? It's like, well, because somebody just did that, you know. Um, yeah. And I remember going for um, a spiritual reading just after um, Sophie died, actually, and uh, no, almost a year after, actually. Um, and it was somebody that um, I, I didn't know. She didn't know me, um, but she came highly recommended and. Uh, love a good spooky wifey and uh, you know she lives away out the sticks and all that. yeah and uh, I remember like her reading was absolutely pap on like she was just spot on and also like something that she rounded up her reading with happened uh four years later mm-hmm. and it wasn't until that happened and it was an accident my dad had and it wasn't until I was wheeling him out of the hospital after a back operation. He threw himself down a hill not long before we got married. So it was like, thanks, Dad. Um, so I was wheeling him out and I'm like, 
oh my goodness, like this is what she said. She was like, somebody was going to be in a wheelchair, but not to worry, it was going to be okay. And it was only because he couldn't walk that far to get out that we had to wheel him out in a wheelchair. And I was just like, oh my God. So like, I I totally like, that kind of solidified a belief in me because I was like, there's definitely, and my I grandparents, you know. mm-hmm. yeah, and my grandparents were there, you know, and my, my granddad on my mum's side was like, he didn't believe in stuff like that. And she's like, he's saying, he's like, I never thought this, this was possible. Like I'm, I'm here. And my grandma was saying, Neil and I had not long got together. And she was holding her hands like this, saying that we were stronger, like, like this together rather than apart stuff. And I was just like, that was also not really something that she would say, but I could imagine that that would be something that, you know, if she had the opportunity or the the voice said she would. Um, So that kind of solidified that. So then, and other things that she's done in massive groups, Sophie comes through. Like she pushes people, other people's people out the way to talk to Yes, because when we, we've chatted, you're like, Sophie said you have to shut up. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's just like, you know, it's just here. And she's and she was described as like, she just whirlwinds in. Whirlwinds you know? in. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to touch on that, Anne, because you and I have spoken about this before. And because you are so open and you're that open channel to it, you do connect you feel Sophie around you so just talk to us about that then how she comes in you said like that whirlwind and she comes in yeah and uh, I think I remember not long after we lost her um I remember being downstairs in the house and I've got that big Ikea chest of drawers and they make a very distinct dunk when they close Mm. and uh, I was downstairs one night and all I heard was my drawer being opened and rolled and dunked shut I was like, oh, what? And I was like, is that you? Because I was in the house by myself. So like, I don't I don't like spooks. Like, I have a very vivid imagination. And it's just like, was that you? And it was almost like I could hear her fun, feel her fun there as if to say, I am here. You know, like, don't, don't not think that I haven't because I am, you know. Mm-hmm. And then my headphones, I would be quite happily listening away at my headphones. And then the volume would just go straight up and almost like blow my eardrums out, you know, and I'd be like, stop that. But I could like feel, it's more like you can feel that fun aspect. And she's just reminding you that you're there. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were over, um, David and Kay have got an apartment over in Lea Playa, sort of the east coast of Spain and it's amazing and we were over Neil and I had our own apartment um Sophie's best friend and her family had another apartment and Katie and my mum had another one so it was like there's loads of us all out together and we were talking the next day and I was like when we went to bed the blinking tv switched back on and they were like the girls whatever what time was that and I was like oh it'll be about midnight and they looked at each other and were like no way because they were just falling asleep and Kelly almost like jumped out of bed because all she heard was Sophie shouting, Kelly. And she just like wow. leapt out of bed. And this was at the same time as our telly flicked back on after we'd went to bed. So I'm like, you know, not everybody's going to like take that on board, but it's, and I, I feel her spirit mm-hmm. there. And, you know, she was, she doesn't, she's not here all of the time, but like I can call on her and like she she will be there and if I don't feel her like I'm I'm quite happy that she's sitting beside her mum or 
Mm. she's in the kennels with the dogs because that's generally where you would find her like mm. she would come home from school and choose her favorite dog for the night and she would go out and get them from the kennel and that would be her favorite for the day um and david is very much strong like right on my left hand side like i can just feel him like a rock just right there all the time doesn't say much but just lets me know that He's there, like, and I I know, and it's almost like if I turned my head fast enough, I would see his essence. Mm. Like, it's almost like that. I could could sometimes, like, and I tried it, and I feel a little bit mental for doing it, but, like, there was sometimes, like, walking down the street, like, I would just feel her there, Mm. and I would flick around really fast because I felt like I could see her. If I turned fast enough, she would be there. Mm. And it's like... And yes, it's like, oh, you know, and I I can hear, I can hear my brother and my mum sometimes, you're just winding yourself up, you know, you're just like keeping that emotions alive and stuff. And it's like, it's not that at all. It's not, it's just a a way. But actually, when you said keeping those emotions alive, I want to talk to you about that, right? Because in general, with grief, people don't keep it alive. Like, you know, I was thinking, and I said this, I was interviewing someone, um, yesterday and I said you know who who tells your story you know a lot of the time we we've like we don't want we don't talk about grief we don't really talk about the person that's dead and if we do we're like right I've, I've said enough now I mentioned that and that was a bit uncomfortable so I won't mention that again for another six months mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to bring up the subject of the person but you know it was a bit uncomfortable and I didn't want to upset the person and I thought oh my gosh like if I died I wouldn't want to be forgotten. You know, who tells your story when you're gone? Why don't we take them with us? Mm -hmm. It's so uncomfortable for people though, isn't it? Yeah, hugely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember in that reading, um, that first one I had, she said that initially Sophie couldn't believe that she was there, like in the after, like she couldn't believe that she'd left, that she'd had to leave. Um, but she totally accepted it now, but she didn't want to not be spoken about. That's why she's always coming round. She's yeah. like, remember me? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Do you know what, Anne? Because when you stop talking about them, then they're really gone. Yeah. And 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 that's that's not okay. And it's no. okay. And it's okay for for you to still believe that they're here. Like that that physical being, that person you could wrap your arms around, that person you could have a conversation with, yes, they they're physically not here, but like they they're they're still around mm. you, and that's okay. Oh gosh, that's yeah. okay. Like, and they're not. They didn't create. They didn't create the chaos in their lives for you to just stop talking about them. And I, and I, I know. Think, and I say chaos, like, because I intend to create enough chaos in the world that people are going to be like, oh, holy shit. I know. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah. And actually not, like, I just, like, they're, they're not here in the physical. Like you said, they're not here in the physical, but why can't we take them with us? And people might say, oh, it's not healthy. Do you know what? It's not healthy if, you know, you never get out of your bed for, for years and years and you're just, like, in the mire. You know, you've got to live... And that person who's gone would want you to live, but why not live and take them with you? Yeah. And, 
you know, tell their story and talk about them and keep their spirit alive because there's a whole world of spirit. You know, again, people are listening, probably going, oh, she's nuts, what are they all about? Fine, <laughs> but that's what we believe, right? And, and it actually, it's so great and comforting to believe that there is spirit. And do you know what else, Anne? What I love about that is, so my mum, I dream about my mum. I haven't actually seen her, like, in this space. Like, you know how some people can see spirit? I haven't. And I'll tell you a bit about that, because years ago, I think I scared my way. I think what, so I did see something once about four or five years ago, and then I absolutely freaked out to the point that I think they thought, I'm never coming back to her. And like, <laughs> I was like, never come to me again! I was so scared. It was on my journey at the beginning. I was like, phoned my coach. I'm like, Laura, like a bit haunted or something. <laughs> anyway, so but I keep saying, I'm ready if you want to come, if you want to come. But anyway, they don't. But what what I do is I I see my mum in my dreams. Yeah. And she's not sick. You know, she has no cancer. She has, she walks, she was in a wheelchair at the end and and she's not all like thin and skinny and she can like she's just happy and she's glowing and she's at her healthiest because when when we pass away when someone dies they don't carry any of the ailments that has happened in the hu- the human physical form spirit doesn't take it it's in peace so you know it's so comforting to think god they they don't have any of that with them now yeah thank god I know. Yeah. So I don't get what, you know, I don't get it so much. You get it really strong. I love that. And I think it's, people will say, I don't get what I'm got and I don't get what Jill gets, but what what could you get? And are you open? Yeah. Are you open to receiving it and asking for signs? Like, you know, those little signs. And if we ask and we're, we're open enough, yeah. we do get it. Yeah. And I think like people sometimes, and I'm generalising here, Often, actually, I get sense from people that that's not that's not how they actually think. That's that's a story and a belief that that's that's a lot of like don't believe in that. It's witchy. It's this. It's that. And you know, it's it's not socially acceptable to. to yeah. weird dolls. I would rather weird. live in my world than that me world. Too. Thank that you very closed much. off. Well, me too. Anne. And it's like if they, you know, and. I've said, it's like, if you just get really quiet with yourself, just away, there's nobody going to bother you, put your phone away, just sit really quiet, start the conversation. Mm. Ask them a question. Because, like, we don't know what happened with David. It was like somebody picked up him and his quad bike and turned him upside down. It was the most benign, fatal accident scene the guy had ever seen. Couldn't understand what happened. It was like somebody just flipped him and his ton quad bike upside down. And like, I hate a mystery. And that mystery like drove my dad and my brother insane because like they ride quad bikes every day. Like they couldn't understand what happened or often anyway. You know, and like my dad came up with a theory that seemed quite plausible. And I was like, I can't be, I can't be doing with that. And like, there's more to come. But I asked David. Like, I asked him, like, what the fuck happened? And he's like, I messed up. Oh, I remember you sharing this on the call with us. Oh, my God, I feel it again. Are you happy to share that with us? Like, what happened? 
Um, yeah, so, well, it, we, we don't know what happened, really. He went quiet. David's never quiet. He's always on Snapchat. Inappropriate stuff. Like, talk about spirited children. Like, you know, Sophie left her mark in the 16 years she was there, and uh, David seemed to know everybody, and they know, knew far too much about him. Let's just say that. And, uh, and he went quiet on his phone. Like, nobody could get hold of him. and That's alarm bells if you can't get hold of uh, young David Taylor, or wee Dave, as everybody called him. And his fiance was like, there's something not right here because it had been pouring with rain. And he doesn't like to get his balls wet on the quad bike when it's raining. <laughs> so she was like, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, I didn't apologise. You know, and so she went out to look for him. And found him just like half a mile from the house, um, upside down, the quad bike on top of him, upside down. Um, and it was like there, there was there was no tire marks. There was, you know, to say that he was going too fast or he tipped off the bank or anything. The only thing that was really out of place when they lifted his bike was the fact that all the grass seed and heather seed out of his box on the front of his of his bike was lying on the road. That was pretty much like one of the only things that was out of place you know so there was there was just and the fatal accident inquiry is like done and it's finished and it has been um you know stamped off as just an unexplained unexplained accident but obviously died of um the injuries he sustained under the bike because they're like they're really heavy you know and like I say like we, we all of us all of us tailors are very practical people we have to solve the mystery you know it's like and like I said, you know, Dad and David, like, there's lots of Davids, by the way, if I'm confusing everybody. There's a whole line of them. Um, and, it, you know, it, re- it really stumped them. But like like I said, it just, just asked them. And they fucked up. I don't know how. Like, I would like to be able to get to the bottom of that and share it. Mm. Um, you know, but pro- probably what my dad... Um, has has come up with it was probably close to the truth, but you know, and I'll keep I'll keep asking the question, but like I I take I take I take great peace from that, mm. like the fact that I can just tap it. I don't talk to them all the time and stuff, but like they come through. Like on my one to one with you the other week and stuff, they come through, and he calls out bullshit. Like, oh, both of them do, you know, um, and that's that's the way they were. They were strong characters. Sophie could defend herself, you know, in an adult world, like not physically, but verbally, like my goodness, smart. Um, you know, she she worked in a pub part time and, you know, was like super quick humoured and stuff yeah. like that. You know, but like yourself, Anne. I bit like the same. like yourself. <laughs> like Anne. Yeah. And uh, you know, and like I take great peace that I've, st- I've still got that around me like mm. and that's what I'm saying it's like they're so spirited take their spirit with you like you know and some family members to other people might you know have been quiet and more withdrawn and all the rest of it but take their quietness with you like that's that's a gift to you like how you knew them is like how you can take yourself you know take a piece of them go I, oh, I yeah. like that that peaceful soul that never got wound up about anything and all the rest of it take that part of them when young master d here calls me out for my bullshit then maybe i need to do that more mm-hmm. often to myself and in my world you know and 
take their spirits, whatever that is, and bring it with you. Take it with what you. else is there, Jill? What else is there? I know, because as you said right in the beginning, and life goes on, nothing stops. You know, sometimes you're like brutal. You know, when people die and then you're like, what? You know, the other, I think it was yesterday, actually, I was making dinner. And I said to a voice note my sister, I'm like that. Sometimes I just think, I cannot believe you're not actually, I can't believe you're dead. Like, yeah. you're, I actually can't believe you're dead. What, how did that happen? Like, I know how it happens, right? But I don't know how it's happened. Like, but I'm like, oh my God, you're actually not ever coming back. You're never coming back in this human form. And how did that actually happen? Like, we were looking at um, old messages that she'd sent us on Messenger, on Facebook and stuff, and we found lovely ones. And it was like ones my sister was sharing yesterday, and it was all about um, just, like, people. I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you, actually. It's so lovely. It was about, like, people that come in and out of your life, and yeah. and they're just, like, visitors. And actually, how can you take them with you? How Because eventually they leave, and then there'll be a time that you leave people that you love so how can you really live and enjoy life? Yeah. Because even when that person goes, you're still here. You have a life to live. And it's this, this thing, and we see a lot, particularly on social media and by the media, mm. of always chasing a goal, always like future, 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 or regretting the past. You know, it's like, actually, we need to get so good at being in this moment and really enjoying the life that we have because one day let's face it everyone that you know and love has a hundred percent chance of dying yeah and and you know what you were saying there and it was absolutely beautiful but no but but like also you know your mum saying you know people who come into your life and you know this and we're talking about um you know grief obviously as in people passing away but pe- people of all kinds come into your life I believe for a reason a season or a lifetime uh-huh. love it reason season lifetime mm-hmm. and and those and they are losses you know like past past relationships you know mm. you know and however that that is a loss and a grief as well because often you're not if you're the the person it's kind of happened to if you like yeah. for the for for the good of you by the way mm-hmm. um you know you're out you're, you're not in control of that and that that's a loss also but mm-hmm. again there's lessons in all of that and who that person was and they again the, the spirit that you were attracted to in them or that friend or that boss or mentor or whoever and it's like again it's bringing that goodness of because the people come into everybody's in your life for a reason mm-hmm. make the reason like mm-hmm. something tangible something that you can take with you in the future so you know although it's that we're talking about grief as in the, the loss of no there's different levels of grief you know that's the, what you were saying completely applies to all of that you know the people yeah. who come into your life and that spirit that we're talking about and you know taking parts of that also applies to anybody who comes in and moves back out of your life for whatever reason yeah what is this teaching me a lot of the time the lesson it's not always easy when you're in it and especially for people that you know aren't maybe as spiritual and open as as you and I am but 
I would honestly say to you, try it. Because when we are closing off our minds, we are closing off opportunities, lessons, and different ways of being and learning through life. And um, because if we don't are not open, and you were talking there about relationships and friendships and uh, all these things, um, honestly, if when we are so closed off, we never learn. And then that's when so many times you see people attracting the same toxic partner. Yeah. Why do I keep attracting men that hurt me, men that cheat, men that are abusive, narcissistic, all these things? Why does this keep happening to me? Because we all know that one person, right, that that keeps yeah. happening to. A magnet. Yeah. We all know. We all know someone. You know, that always happens to her. You know, why does that always happen to her? Or it might be you. You're like, why does that always happen to me? But my friend, that never happens to her. And honestly, we have lessons to learn in this lifetime. I truly believe it. And karma is a thing. I've got my karma incense right here. Karma <laughs> is a thing. And people think, oh, karma's a bitch. It's just if you're a bad person, you get karma. It's not. Like, again, going back to like soul contracts and, and things that happen, we will keep learning the lesson. And as I've been on my five-year journey, I have definitely repeated patterns and I didn't realize we're even there until I started to do the work. And then I, you know, I did a lot of ancestral work, really went back generations and realized there was a real pattern with the women in my generation. And thank God I did, Anne, because it's really changing the trajectory of my life by me doing the work, not only my life, the generations that come after me. So whilst things are painful, I would encourage you to open yourself up to say, is there something in me that I need to learn here? How am I being? How am I showing up in life? And what do I want? What do I really want for my life? How do I want to feel? And am I am I giving that to myself, first of all? But am I expecting someone else to come in and fix me or to complete me and all of these things? Just be open to that because a lot of the time we expect someone else to fix us and no one and nothing outside of you can do that. That is entirely up to you to get curious, to open up, to do the work but it can change. Your life can change. Sometimes people say, oh, that's just my life. That's, or that's my personality. That's the way I am. Right? You're, so, you're smiling, right? Agree? <laughs> you know, there's, there, there are like, you know, pieces of you that belong to you. Like yeah. I, I get all that, but man, there's a different way of doing everything. And, you know, and gr- grief is, such a learning process as well and it's like and those programs show up in grief also like oh yeah oh hugely and and it's a space that you've never been in before and all of a sudden you've got this belief that's rattling around in your mind and you're like why are you even why are you here like that's that's not what I dealt with you (laughs) I sorted you out why are you back yeah and you know um and all the things that you know I, I don't do in my personal life or business and stuff. It's like comparing yourself to others, like the comparison killer, more dreams than anything else. You know, it's like mm-hmm. all of these things that we say. And it's like, yet I find myself in the space of grief, 100% comparing myself totally. to, to, to other people and totally. not feeling good enough or worthy of my grief and stuff, you know, um, survivor's guilt, that all that sort of oh, things. And it's like, yeah, that's a thing. Hell, 
what this isn't this isn't what you believe now Anne but like in that space of grief it was right there absolutely it is so real like so many things you've said there and I think what what we don't hear people talking about in grief is that journey that you go on of feeling like you shouldn't be happy again or not too happy you shouldn't have wealth when someone's so unhappy you shouldn't um that survivor's guilt yeah that's a that is a that's a thing and for anyone listening just open that up are you keeping yourself small because you feel you don't deserve to be fully in your entire power and happy and receiving because we know it's an energy right but actually we self-sabotage when we get to the root of it it's like I can't really be fully happy because there's so many people that this is hurting, you know? Yeah. And so if I'm out there looking happy, people are going to judge me. Plus I'm not really, I shouldn't be that happy. It's not fair. Such a thing. Yeah. And that's, that's also, um, people might not recognize that that's what's going on in them because they know that that's not right. Like they know that, of course, they should be happy and the person who's passive want them to be happy and stuff. But it's having and giving yourself the space and having the presence of mind to go, well, actually, if I really didn't believe that and I really should be happy and stuff, what would I be doing differently right now? You know, what would I be saying differently? What conversations would I be having if I didn't believe that really? And then it's like, oh, fuck, it's there. It is there, you know, and like I shared with you the other week and you know, something, there's something hugely powerful in saying the words, especially for me. And let's listen to this. She'll know as well, because as soon as I say what's going on, it completely breaks the energy in it yes. down into chunks. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not yeah, that's not all this. Bit. And I shared with you the other week that on Sophie's funeral day, I said to my dad. And thankfully, I was crying and he's deaf <laughs> so he never heard me and I said it it should be me it should be me and I truly believe that and I believed all that time that it would have been easier better all round if I could have just swapped places with so it would have been easier and better if it was me instead of our 16 year old beautiful spirit and all the rest of it so there's there's that thought process like I'm not like not worthy of still being here should have been me like and that and that was that belief that has like followed me through all of this time you know and it's like no and just saying those words so it's like it's giving yourself permission to just talk about and that's why we're having these conversations that's why you've built this amazing series for the podcast is like to give people permission to think differently to to get quiet and go okay if I didn't really believe that what would I be doing different right now and like just to have the conversation say those words out loud Mm -hmm. process them don't don't do this by yourself either like just because the more you sit inwardly with those beliefs and those thoughts and that chatter and that chimp running away in the back of your mind, like you know, it just builds and manifests and dark. All all of a sudden, life is different and you don't know how it happened. 
Yeah, because when we're in that darker space and we're, we're we're feeling those emotions and we're keeping it in and we're not speaking our truth and we're not sharing mm-hmm. our sharing our stories and how we're actually feeling, that's when we seem to attract and manifest more shit. Mm. Because we know that, you know, like attracts like, crap yeah, attracts yeah. crap. Yeah, um, and the, le- the lesson will keep turning up. It keeps turning up. It's like, well, actually, where did you way. believe? Where did that come from that you're not worthy? And, you know, you and I talked that out. And I remember you sharing that. And it was like, wow, it was a real moment of, shit, that's what's holding me back. You know, or the last thing I said, I spoke about as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> An hour and it was it was it was but it's actually you know but grief does this to people you know and similar when um when I was in Bali and I was really in my my deepest darkest sort of space with the grief everything just like just went on its head it was just up in the air and I'm like who am I what am I doing you know shame comes all of everything just comes like you're this, you're that. It's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm meeting every dark part of myself. And if we don't have support around us, and I mean, there might be some people going, well, I don't have anyone. Come and speak to us. You know, there are communities, there are people, but you need to understand that you don't deserve to feel shit all the time. That person is gone. That person is no longer here in the physical, but you're here. You are here and you are worthy of living a happy life. It's not your turn to leave yet. Your time will come when your time will come. But until then, you know, live, live. And those people that, you know, have passed or maybe not even passed and, you know, they've maybe left your life. If it's someone that's left your life through a separation and you feel like you have regret and that's a big thing for people that's, someone who's passed and someone who hasn't passed, they have regrets. Understand that these people were maybe only ever supposed to be in your life for that short period of time, that fleeting moment or that year or six months or whenever. What did they teach you in that time? And how can you move through your life now with those lessons and start to learn and start to to move in another direction of, okay, now what did I learn from that? And if it's death, how can you take them with you? How can you tell their story and keep it going and connect with them if that's what you want to do? And some of you might not want to, and that's okay, but but live. Live, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, Anne. This is just a such a beautiful conversation. And before we wrap up, I really want to talk about what your like your soul, like I know it's your soul mission. I really know deeply why you're here. I want you to, as you've learned through Sophie and David's passing, and and you do a lot of work on yourself, like you do so much work on yourself. What what do you believe when you tune in? Like, why do you believe you're here? What do you believe your own soul mission is? So, thank you for that, Billy. Um, I have always believed that there was something for me something else something else always something else if you ever talk to my dad he'll testify to that there's just never at peace you know and it was in here 
never at peace in here. Like I'll, there was always something for me. And it's kind of like being on a fair journey of that. And then I think it was, I really got clear at the retreat in March. Mm. And, you know, looking at the devastation that has been those two incidents. And I, I think especially um, losing David, it was like, fuck, there has to be something there has to be something to come from this. And then it's like, yeah, of course there is. This this is this is your path. Like, and I and I said in a in a post on my socials not long ago, you know, if somebody had said, you know, you're going to go through so much loss and hurt and devastation that you're gonna make that your life mission, I'd be like, Well, I hope not. <laughs> no thanks. I'm just gonna like toggle off and be a nurse or make pizzas or all the other things I've done. You know, and it's like, no thanks. Um, but actually, that's that's exactly what's what's happened. And like I briefly mentioned earlier, like the sparks of light and inspiration that can come from those moments, from those parents, my brother and my sister-in-law, watching them, like, I can do it again. Like, just what? Doing it the first time, like, you know, it's just inspired the shit out of me. And they don't realise, like, how incredible they are, you know. And, you know, my mum and dad as grandparents, I can't even imagine. Um, I have another brother as well. Shout out to Scott. <laughs> you know, and, like, watching the family go through that, but, like, the strength, the resilience... Just all of that, it's like I have to do something with that. That wasn't there for a reason. That wasn't there just for coincidence for, you know, because um, I'm sure like every family dealing with that would be entirely different, you know. And my dad to walk to the end of the drive and talk to Sky News to politely in his own way to tell them to off. There's nothing to see here. There's nobody to talk to here. Go away. You know, like watching him as a grandparent two days after losing his granddaughter it's like there has to be and that's what it is that's what the has to be is and like I said I got really clear in the retreat like that that that's it like the support and the navigation for people through this journey because it's not it's not a process I don't care what you say those steps that are published all over the place and written about to the it's a lot of crap. Yes, you go through all of those emotions, but they're not in order. No. There's not a process. I'm a process girl. I live by process at work. Like this is not this is not somebody else's written defined process. And it's helping people navigate that. Like you're gonna get all it's like flipping Scottish weather. You're gonna get everything all in one oh, day. You do, you do. You're gonna be wetting yourself laughing about what they said, or like I remember my mum tripped over one of Sophie's trainers sitting in the porch and she turned around and swore at it, you know, and it was like we just wet ourselves because it's funny, but she spoke yeah. to her, you know, even though it was her shoe. You know, and it's and it's then you can just be in this space where you're just breaking will anything ever be normal again will, every, will anything ever mm. feel feel again you know mm. and it's that's that's where I need to be it's where I want to be is like helping people navigate this and it's still a journey for me 
still a journey for you. There's still things that come up all the time. And you're like, oh, oh. Yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, it's so early for me and I'm doing this and people say, oh, you know, you're doing it so soon. I'm like, do you know why? Because we often hear people way, way after that that aren't navigating are people that read, read books, write books and stuff. I'm like, when you're in it, you want to know someone that's been in it or still in it. Like not just saying, here's what you should use, your six-step process to grief. You're like, no, actually, I want someone to say, God, I wanted to fucking die, by the way. You know, I was like, I couldn't get up off the floor. I was upset. I want to see those people because yeah. I'm not saying I want everyone to feel like shit, but I want the real, like, or I want someone to say, I did that. And then I went out and had a party with my friends on the same day. Because do you know what? That is it. That's it. It's like it never, it changes you. It changes you. But actually, your capacity, like it doesn't, people go, it gets easier. It only gets easier because your capacity, if you allow it, expands so that you have more space to cope with it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. And you talked there, Anne, about community. It's important that you talked about the retreat, and we shared a really special space on that retreat. And I, I remember looking in your eyes, and I'm like, "You're so much more than you even know." Like, and you knew, you I, knew it, right? But your humanness goes, "No, you're not." Everyone can relate to that. Like, People tell me I'm really great, but I'm not. I'm a little fucking arsehole. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I do. But actually, when someone looks in your eyes, Anne, and goes, like, I see it in you. And I'm like, you are here for this. Like, something has to come out of that. I I know with every fibre in my being that you are here to help people in this space. This conversation that I've just had with you and for anyone listening, oh, my God. It's, it's just organic it's real and you're here for this yeah there's so many people that need you to be that light and to support them in this space yeah because and give them hope give yeah. them hope and you what you want to connect with people whose lights have went out mm-hmm. and they've turned them back on again yeah 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 and they're relatable you know, it's and like I, really I, I want to I want to hear from the people who have sat in the back office of their work and done deals with the devil in their head. Yeah. Want, like that, like doing that and feeling that process and like this word navigation. And it's like I always see this compass, like, you know, when you visualize your soul, mm-hmm. like it's almost like a compass mm-hmm. thing for me. And that navigation is like huge. And it's and that's exactly what it is, is like just drawing the path like but it's your path you know whatever you're feeling or thinking or going through like that's uh, what connect with the people that are doing those deals with the devil and are just so uncertain oh yeah uncertain for sure but also just know that there is a life for you that is happy and joyful and worthy of receiving love connection intimacy more of everything it is available to you and you are worthy and when you speak to someone like Anne or you want to you know come into this space and communicate with us like you we will show you that we show you that you are worthy of all of that in spite of everything that's happened and what you may believe society tells you or your conditions or your programs have been around grief 
you can live again and you can take that person with you and all of the lessons and all of the learnings and be happy again. Yeah. Oh, and how can people get in touch with you? Oh, goodness. Um, social media is probably where mm. everybody is. Um, I can also leave my email with you. Like, if I'll drop, I'll drop your email. I will drop your um, messages, Instagram, all of it. I'm going to drop it in the show notes. Um, and if you've enjoyed this lesson or you felt something from this lesson, please message myself and Anne. Um, because you know we put these things out there and we do get some messages but if it touched you in any way message and let us know because it means the world right when you know when we're talking about this stuff if you feel it reach out that's sometimes your first step just to say by the way I got something from that thank you that's your first step and you know just give yourself a pat on the back for even just making that step sometimes we don't but actually, maybe that's your first step to say, oh, Jesus, when you said this, I got that. We're so open to receiving anything, aren't we, Anne? Any messages from people? Absolutely. Any question, any comment, just, you know, anything. It's so good to connect with people in this. The, the conversations need to happen, but it takes it takes somebody to start the conversation. And, you know, that's that's what you're doing in, the, in this space as well, is like starting that conversation. So, you know, start your conversation now. Take take this as take this as your sign that this is the time for your conversation to happen now. And I'm telling you something, you'll never tell me anything that will shock you. Yeah. <laughs> It'll shock me, you know. It's like, and you, yeah, you'll be like, yep. <laughs> Heard it, thought it, felt that. Yeah, and yeah, and that's that's not to take away from anybody else's experience and stuff, but like, just be reassured that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. It's your conversation. Start your conversation now. That's the line of the podcast, the episode. Start your conversation now. I love it, Anne. Anne, thank you, thank you so much. Love you, love you too. Thank you for having me.